0: Welcome in everyone to the West by Southwest podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dalton Pence, with me, my co-host, Brendan Smart. What's going on, Mr. Smart?
1: Hey, another week. Another week of basketball. A lot of headlines in that Southwest division. Oh, That's for
0: sure. For, episode eight. Can you believe it? It doesn't seem like it's been going by that fast. It doesn't seem like we've recorded seven other times.
1: That that is true. It, it, it doesn't seem like it should be episode eight, but. Each episode's been very entertaining.
0: Yeah, of course. We obviously we're a little bit biased, but um, as always, be sure to check us out on all platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all that good stuff. Um, follow us on Twitter at wxswotg. As always, this is an off the glass basketball sponsored podcast. You can follow that platform at OTG Basketball on Twitter for. Any of your NBA needs, NBA draft needs, fantasy basketball, and that stuff. Great stuff over there. A lot to talk about today. We'll talk a little bit about John Morant's injury. We'll talk about, um, you know, MVP odds. I'll give another rant on Houston. Discuss a little Lonnie Walker, DeMar DeRozan, and um, we'll talk about a prediction that we made at the beginning of the season that could be coming to fruition. And I also have a little game for you at the end, but we'll kind of dive right on in. Your Memphis Grizzlies, um, John Morant had that back end, that little spill against Utah. They have it. I've never. I'll, I'll say this, Brendan. I've never seen a player classified as week to week when talking about injuries.
1: Well, the, they did the same thing with Jaron last season. I mean, the the Grizzlies are focusing on the future, uh, getting Ja, you know, back to normal and not rushing anything is is basically the main thing. Uh, keeping the main thing, the future, that's why you see a, an injury status like that. You want to make sure there's no lingering issues. There's no, there's no rush in the rehab, that type of thing. So he could be back next week. He could be back to two weeks from now. I honestly, in my, my personal opinion, I, I don't know what to think about it in terms of, I don't know when he's going to be back. Uh, word is, I don't, you know, people are saying that he's not going to be back until January. Um, I've heard that wow. he could be back in two weeks. So it all varies in terms of how the Grizzlies organization wants to handle it. And for me personally, I like the way they're handling it. There, there should be no b- pressure on the kid to return. You know, he's got such a bright future. Back spasms are nothing to play with, especially the way he plays his game. You know, he hits the, hits the floor a lot going to the basket. Um, to re-aggravate mm-hmm. an injury like that, you want to make sure everything's <laughs> cleared up.
0: Uh, before last night's game you know Memphis was 6-14 going into last night's game they lost seven of their past eight games by an average of 10 just under 10 and a half points per loss um it's going to be interesting you know I, I look at the possible replacements or short-term plugs for um the Grizzlies and I, my immediate focus goes to Tyus Jones because I think he would be the first in line obviously you have uh, kind of a a better idea that, but he's only averaging about six and five a game, respectively, in points and assists, which kind of um, concerns me a bit.
1: It's big. You know, I was a big Tyus Jones fan when the season started, and and I'm still split, right? I'm still split in terms of Mm -hmm. Tyus is not normally a starter. Um, He's not normally been on a team that struggles to score like this. So part of me wants to think that he's pressing the issue a little too much. Now, somebody who has really stepped up is a kid named DeAnthony Melton.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. Love DeAnthony Melton.
1: Yeah. Melton has played excellent. I mean, on both sides of the floor. And, and if you paid attention, which, you know, I cover the game. So I see Melton finishing games more than Jones the last five or Honestly? six. Honestly.
0: You know, I think that D'Anthony Melton is a point guard. I don't think the UFC played him in the right position as, the, as a hybrid shooting guard. I don't he's even so think natural. he's a shooting guard in the pros. Uh, you know, he, he, he's a natural playmaker, a natural creator. Didn't get an opportunity in Houston. Didn't get uh, that good of an opportunity in Phoenix. I, I really would like more minutes to go to him rather than I would Tyus Jones. I really am a Anthony Melton guy. I just he's one of those guys to where I really want him to get a chance. But um, you wrote an article not too long ago highlighting or really contemplating the rhetorical question of can the Grizzlies remain competitive? And when I when I when I look at their whole situation, they lost a lot of games in a hurry mm-hmm. and there were some close games. There were also some not so close yeah. games. But he, here's the thing. I'm looking at that draft protected pick, that first six. round pick. Yeah. And I'm I, and I'm saying this pick could go such a long way into helping this team. So you said that the that if it falls within the top six, it's protected, correct?
1: Absolutely, top six pick, um, it's protected. So now, right, if it gets outside the top
0: six, it's all. Uh, awesome. You know, the f- that's why. That's why when you say you know, I think Memphis is handling this in the best way they can in terms of the Ja Morant injury because hey, one there's two there's two kind of layers to it. One, you allow him to get healthy on his own terms because there was obviously no real real competitive you know competitive edge into the playoffs this year anyway, and you're also trying to get that top six pick because I'm telling you that there are some studs at the top of this draft that could yep. really really give memphis um a, another good young piece so if i'm uh if i'm memphis i'm like okay uh, if you even feel a little bit of, of discomfort jaw you're sitting out again
1: and not only that you know the Morant injury happened soon you know they they weren't expecting yeah. to kind of fall off like this um but the goal was before christmas at least before the trade deadline they were going to stay competitive they were going to put a good quality product out there on the floor every night you know can just, they you do know, that? So- they could if they were completely healthy I mean you got Brandon Clark out now with a quad injury so mm. quad or oblique if I'm not mistaken I can't remember which injury it is but he's week to week as well um
0: so they uh, so they're, they're the kind of they're going the, the same was, process with him
1: yeah yeah so the plan was after Christmas you start bringing your two way guys up like you know once and uh and uh,
0: Josh Jackson sure, could be yeah, a guy. J- is he a two-way he two Now, way here's guy? the
1: thing with Josh Jackson, and I know we're getting into several different things here. Now, Josh Jackson, it, they have not said anything about him coming up.
0: Josh it's Jackson is not a two-way.
1: Exactly, and it's, it's not oh, So you, you,
0: would, you, would, you would actually have to sign him to a contract then. No, he's under contract. Take away someone else's two. Or you would have to essentially just bring him up. You'd have to waive somebody, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, man, I
1: you if know there's, mistaken, there's so many different somebody there's so, so many different
0: scenarios life. that go yeah uh it, okay if if they if they were to bring Josh Jackson up who who do you see getting waived?
1: Mm. In my heart, you want to hear what in my heart, in my heart. Don't
0: say I, Iggy. Don't you say Iggy?
1: No, no, they can't. I, I, no, that's that's a good asset. And you know he's I don't like valuable. him, but I don't like him, but he's a good asset. I wouldn't
0: waive. Has he yet. has he stepped on the court yet?
1: No, and he won't. He will never never see the floor for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, but I think a guy that they could possibly waive is John Contrar. He's he's their um yeah. their second two way guy. So I think that they could possibly waive him. I, I don't know. I don't know how they would go about it. They've got a lot of guard depth, and, and you know at the end of the day,
0: somebody's got to go. Because can't wait. Josh Bruno Jackson Caboclo. can play the two or the three. Yeah, absolutely. So is Kaboko? Can I ask you something? Is Kaboko finally two years away from being two years away now? Is I'm he like? Right. Is he here now? You want to you know, know, you know? I'm going to let you
1: guess on this one. What what position do you think they have him playing off the bench?
0: Please don't tell me they have him going at center.
1: They do. He is our No wonder, the the you're, losing
0: no they, wonder you're losing that's games. that's what I'm
1: saying. I mean, it, at the end of the day. <laughs>
0: They're trying to throw a tank. They're for building. They're building the top
1: six, something yeah. off the floor because if you watch them every night, I mean, they're competitive in terms of they're confident. You know, they go on the floor confident, but God knows they're not gonna do much. I mean, they got blown up by the Bulls, and no offense to
0: the Bulls, but Jesus. Yeah, know? they're I mean, about it, to fire their head coach. They they the heck, Jim Boylan Boylan has completely lost his team in the Windy City, so absolutely. that's a bad loss, especially so, getting blown out.
1: In terms of them being confident or not confident, but competitive, I mean competitive in terms of be- building something out off the floor. In terms of I honestly of think
0: thing. that the Grizzlies will will um, give way, or they already have will give way. Yeah, to that's Kelly. already. Happened. I think the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies finish last in the Southwest.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you, 100. Which, I mean, which is a honestly good that,
0: that's yeah. I mean, you want that top six pick. I mean, it's okay. Miserable eventually, for me, that pick, it's okay. Eventually, that pick's going. What are the full details on that protected pick? When do when do they have to grant it to the Celtics?
1: Um, top six protected this year and next year they have to give it away.
0: Okay, so then that, that, that's great. Then go ahead and get a top six player now, and yeah. then you know at the end of the day you'll have another piece. In the back pocket. Um, and I think they can win next
1: year if they get a really good piece, and then they've got free agency. I think they they can be really competitive.
0: Yeah, this it's all about uh, can you lure the free agents in? You know, Memphis know, right? not uh not a huge, not a sexy uh destination for free agents. So it's going to be interesting uh, and to see the way they go. I think you're just going to have to find some diamonds in the rough. You're really just going to have to show that you can compete. And talking about competing. I, you know every time i i seemingly think they're gonna drop off they don't the dallas mavericks look like they're here to stay 14 yeah. and 6 they've won eight of their last nine the one loss coming to the los angeles clippers which is a very solid team lucas damn near averaging a triple double um and then their next five games i mean they got minnesota new, new orleans sacramento detroit miami so i mean. They they can closer. continue that win streak through there. I mean, that's a very favorable five game schedule for the Dallas Mavericks, who are leading the Southwest division by a game and a half, I do believe. Absolutely. So I mean, what's yeah. uh I you know, I what do you think their ceiling is? I mean, in terms of seeding. I mean, I if think you had to
1: I think right now they're at peak. I, I think right now they're at peak. If they get through the month of December, like the way they've been playing then you're definitely going to have to start considering them as a top five seed in the Western Conference.
0: I, I shown think that, so. They've
1: shown that they can compete with pretty much anybody out there. Now oh, it they comes can. down Now it comes down to,
0: and A, do they make some moves
1: at the deadline, or do they stay with who they have?
0: You know I mean? Yeah, and, and that's kind of interesting because, I mean, the only really way they make a move at the deadline is if – I think the only way they make a move at the deadline is if it's for another big-name player. That's going yeah. to give them a potential big three because honestly, trading role players for role players right now with the way their supporting cast is playing, yeah, that would, would be kind of a reach and an overstep, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I agree completely. This is, uh, so. Seeding
0: into the year, I'm, I'm gonna go with a five right now. I, I feel pretty decent about it because I think that you know, Luka is here to stay, obviously. Uh Porzingis isn't really playing that great, and they're still winning. So you have to think when he continues to shake off that rust and they get more acclimated with playing with each other side by side, that's going to help out. It's just going to come down to that supporting cast. Their supporting cast has been playing very well. They've been shooting the ball very well. I wish I had the uh, splits in front of me. But um I know against Houston, they shot the damn lights out against us. So um <laughs> I'm definitely – uh um, you know, I hate to say it, but it looks like Dallas is uh, a lot better than we thought, and they have uh, the Luka KP dynasty is in the beginning days. Yeah, and and you know,
1: I'm I'm glad to I'm glad that we were wrong. You know what I mean? Because now you've got I am, really but I'm good, not. <laughs> you really you got two really good teams in Houston and Dallas They're gonna that are gonna lead our division into the playoffs potentially. Um,
0: that it's crazy because, you know, I, I was looking, okay, you know, the Rockets had some good years in the, in the two thousands, but the Spurs were always that dominant team. I don't yeah. want the Rockets to have to be, like deal with a, a Dallas team. That's the same way. Now, obviously <laughs> you can't, I'm not going to like make that jump yet because just because Dallas is 14 and six doesn't mean they're the big three trio of the Spurs. So, um, definitely going to be a little interesting, but Luca, I mean, w- it seems like every single episode we're we're sitting here talking about okay this guy's continued to do what we thought he's going to do plus more and it just kind of increases gradually throughout every episode. He's still maintaining that 30.7, 10.3, 9.4 points, rebounds and assists respectively and he's putting and he's recording about a steal and a half. So I have to ask in terms of the Southwest Division Luka Doncic, James Harden who has the best chance of winning an MVP out of the Southwest?
1: Now, I could go several ways with this, okay? And I, I think you'll agree, Dalton. You know, there was, so, and I'll, I'll refer to LeBron on this because of the LeBron rule, basically. You know, you, you set such a standard for yourself, and I'm referring to Harden on this. You know, he's won the MVP before. The NBA has been known for showing their young stars love um, and, and not making back-to-back MVPs a thing. Um, so Harden is a guy that obviously I think he could, but in terms of the fan vote and just the overall <laughs> just blow, just being blown away, I think the hypes around Luka. Um oh, I think, I think
0: there's no, and that's
1: no knock on Luka Doncic. I mean, he's playing his tail off and, and he's oh, playing sure. way, way over expectation. But the thing about hype is once you buy into it, you're thinking he's everything. Now I do think James Harden is a guy that at the end of the season, I mean we're what in December 5th right now. I mean the season yeah. the season's far from over, but I think at the end of the season I think James Harden has better numbers. But in terms of the hype, I mean there's not a lot separating the two. I think the fan vote and the NBA vote will go towards Luka. Now does I think Luka the NBA, play? I,
0: honestly I think the NBA vote honestly would go more toward Harden, but I think the fan vote would be tremendously on the Luka scale. Yeah, at the
1: end of the day, it, it sucks that we have to figure those things in. Um, it's kind of like Carmelo Anthony winning, winning player of the week.
0: Um, <laughs> when James Harden was averaging like 49 yeah. points a game last week yeah. and he got snubbed for a guy who was averaging 22.
1: Come on. Yeah, man. but they're known for not giving the award multiple times to the same person. So that's why it right. seemed to lean towards Luca now you may say something different i want to hear your take on it
0: well i'm going to be honest with you i have lost completely all faith in individual awards whether it be MVP, defensive player of the year sixth man of the year all nba teams rookie of the year all that i've completely lost lost all hope lost all faith i don't put any stock in them to be honest with you anymore because there's so much moving of the goalposts that it's honestly just comical. Here's mm-hmm. what I mean. I mean uh, the, MV, the MVP voting. It, it's 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 you know there's a there's a bias to it. There is a double standard that are put on some players but not others. Uh, yeah. Some narratives apply to others but don't to some. I mean it, take this into account. So. We we go back and we study Harden's MVP runs. I mean, I think he's finished in the top two four of the last five years since 2015, which is absolutely incredible. The only year he didn't do that was the kind of that train wreck season in 2016, and still he had a decent season. 2015, he loses to Steph Curry, who obviously the better team is Golden State, but um, up and down the board. James Harden has better stats. 2017, it's kind of flip flopped. The Rockets are better than the Thunder. James Harden is a couple points and a couple assists below Russell Westbrook, but loses to Westbrook because of the triple double phenom. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I guess you can, you you can maybe move the goalpost for that. 2018, Harden wins his first MVP. I feel like they they had to give it to him because the Rockets won the 65 games in the regular season, most out of any other team. Um, the stats were there. People want to try to claim LeBron because he had more total.
1: I think it was uh, more stats. Giannis,
0: correct? Uh, Twenty eighteen was no. Twenty eighteen was LeBron. Uh, Twenty nineteen, James Harden, better statistics in terms of points and assists. Uh, Giannis wins it. I, I'm telling you, I think that voter fatigue is truly a thing. So I think that James Harden will never win another MVP unless he just blows everyone out of the water. I mean, the guy's averaging just under 40 points a game, and he's not even in the top three of the voting. Come on now, come on now. I don't, I don't, I don't really care. I don't. You know, here's the thing. You, I, I let no me ask you this, you, okay? Serious
1: question. Do you think Le- do you think Harden is getting the LeBron treatment in terms of he set such a standard for himself?
0: Oh, I'm gonna be honest with you. If if, if the MVP voting was true to its name, LeBron James wins the MVP voting every single year since he came into the league in '03. Exactly. Let's 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 make no mistake about it. LeBron's greatness stands in his way of winning that award because we've seen it for so long. Exactly. So I mean, we we get used to greatness. So, so the, the same it loses, can be
1: said for yeah, Harden.
0: It, it loses some of its luster. I mean, we've seen so much offensive greatness from James Harden. And, you know, you got guys uh, that you've got Twitter referees, casual <laughs> fans, butthurt oh, don't NBA the media. scouts.
1: Don't forget,
0: don't forget the, scouts. the Yep. Don't forget the uh, the butthurt NBA credential media, the guys who do not deserve to have credentials oh, going off of Harden on Harden just that. because just because he exposes your team and you feel um, I guess your ego hurting. So, I mean, you, you I, I love to see it because I love to see, um, uh, the weak mindsets crumble, but, uh, I could go on and on. I think that, um, really the only way Luca wins the MVP is if, uh, is if Dallas finishes top, they have to finish top four more than likely probably top three. He has to continue to do what he's doing in terms of statistics um, can't be averaging under 29. Has to kind of keep what he's keeping. Now, I think it's setting up to have a LeBron MVP season, which I'm I'm okay with. I,
1: 100% I mean, we've love we've got to make up for lost time here.
0: Right. I mean the guy the guy hasn't won an MVP in since his days in Miami, which are absolutely comical. So, I mean we could go on and on about that. And but uh, you know the the next thing to talk about um uh, uh, the Houston Rockets. <clears throat> I'm gonna let you go I'm gonna let you go on this one. Quick question. Yes. Who is the worst who who are the worst teams in the NBA? Give me two, give me three, because I know it's kinda hard to give me one. Go ahead. Who are your who are your who are the worst teams in the NBA in your opinion?
1: I'll go Memphis, of wrong. course. Wrong. Uh wait, worst teams? Keep going. Okay, so Memphis is wrong. Okay. Um I I would say Chicago is wrong up there. Okay. Uh
0: San Antonio? Wrong. Knicks? Okay. Wrong. Hornets? Wrong. The Rockets up 15 points. Right. The oh, Houston Rockets when they the Houston Rockets when leading by double digits are the worst team in the National Basketball Association. I've never seen a team give up so many leads so quickly. It's like effortlessly. I've never seen a team just completely falter in the way that they play the game. I mean, I understand that your whole offensive identity is built by three-point shooting. I've never seen a team go cold when they have the lead of this caliber. I've also never seen a team watch guys give up layup lines over and over and over. The Houston Rockets, when they have a lead, are absolutely abysmal. Don't even get me started. They lost um, in double overtime, 135-133 against the Spurs on Tuesday evening. They had a I want to say close to a twenty point lead. They're up double digits with less than four minutes to go, and ended up losing the game. Now you can you can we can talk about the the missed dunk or I'm sorry the made dunk that the referees missed, and l- l- let's kind of talk about that because um. I was about to ask you, are you,
1: you in favor? I don't if- care.
0: Fire them all. Fire <laughs> them <laughs> all. I'm Listen. sorry. I'm sorry, your excuse of, oh, I didn't see it go in, sorry, you're an NBA referee, you're fired. I don't care what the excuse is, you should not have a job. I don't care. The referees on the game, the guy was looking right at the basket. How do you have four referees, one of them being a review official, can't even see the ball through the net? And second of all, how is that not a reviewable play? I mean, if you look at the transcripts, the, the referee said that, the the time allotted for Tony to make a challenge had gone past and Tony went right to him after that missed dunk so you know literally i don't know if this is nba twitter ref nba referees or the damn circus probably a little of both let me ask you something how how far ahead were the Houston Rockets i mean they were up a pretty decent amount and that okay. that's the thing about it is, is this it, it doesn't uh, you know it doesn't really – the dunk it's didn't more than necessarily mean dunk. too much. <clears throat> I mean, it, it is more of a missed dunk. I mean, a miss dunk, people are acting like the the dunk lost them the game. No, the, the, the inability to play defense, the inability to hit a single shot lost them the game. Make no mistake about it. But I, I'm just – I'm getting tired of Houston being absolutely nuclear, building up a lead, and then just forgetting how to play the damn game of basketball. I mean, I thought what Russell Westbrook would maybe be a little bit of a remedy to that. Hell no. He's the damn same way. I mean, I'm yeah. sitting here I'm sitting here watching Harden and Westbrook go seventeen of sixty eight and I'm like, Jesus Christ, stab me in the eyes with a pair of knives.
1: And and I guess, you know, my, my thing is when you have a seasoned team like that, a lot of the time you'll rely on your defense. You know, a team that's been they don't have any. That's why.
0: exactly, and that's what I'm getting at. You know, I mean, they, they they do they make no mistake about it. They do what they have more than any other team in the NBA is these defensive lapses where they just zone out, and I just don't understand it. And Tony's just like he's just like shrugging his shoulders. I'm like, dude, coach. I'm like, I and how I can, can point out two let stats. This happen? Oh,
1: I can point out two stats that that you're really nailing though. They're only averaging eight steals a game, okay, but they're giving up 15 turnovers a game. So I can see how they're letting you know outside exactly. the, the lack of defense, letting teams back into games.
0: The you success. Know, there's too many,
1: There's too success much.
0: Success starts with Harden, and the failures also start with Harden. I think Harden's carelessness with the basketball and willingness to make turnovers over and over and over. I really, you know, that 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 kind of scares me. Russell Westbrook tries to do too much at times. Um, you know, it, it's, it's it's getting to the point where I, I'm I'm kind of repeating myself from the last time the Rockets have to maintain focus for 48 minutes of game time play. And that's not that hard to do. Teams do it. But here's the thing about this. That's all fine and dandy. They can do what they're doing now if they want to be a team that can't compete for an NBA championship. Because that's exactly why they haven't been able to make an NBA champ or win a title since ninety four ninety five. They can't zone in mentally. James Harden can win you a game, but James Harden also zones out when you need him the most. Yeah,
1: and I and I agree. I mean, at the end of the day, and I always refer to this. I mean, you've got a team and you've got guys that have been to. Basically, the finals of you know basically the finals. I mean, you they've gotten there in terms of the Western Conference Finals. They've gotten. Let me read most- this out
0: to you. The Rockets were up fifty to thirty-eight in the second quarter against the Toronto Raptors. They're now leading by one point with five minutes left in the third.
1: And and that's gonna happen.
0: It, I'm not gonna say it's gonna be. It, it, it as is going to happen. It, it's going it's not, to happen. It
1: shouldn't happen no. as
0: frequently as they're letting it happen. That's a problem. Here's the thing, that 2017-2018 or 2017 season, when the Rockets were at the peak of what they were in the decade, when they got leads, they did not lose them. They stepped on the gas. The past two years, when the Rockets get leads, they almost always lose them, which I'm, it, which you know, it, it kind of amazes me when they get a blowout win because that's just not this team. And I don't understand. I think, you know, when when the guys like Harden and Westbrook go to the bench, you know, I think the supporting cast is just not as good as people think. I think that, um, you know, some guys play good at, sometimes and others at other times. But it's just it's just so frustrating to watch a team give up a lead so effortlessly, like it's almost planned.
1: Yeah, and, and you might be onto something in terms of the bench. Um, And I, I'm trying to pull it up right now to see where – you know the Rockets bench, you know sits in terms of overall production and points. I'm gonna do points right here. Let's see, let's see where. Oh God, Houston's down there, man.
0: I'm I'm trying to. The tell Houston
1: Rockets. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. The Houston Rockets ranked 30th in the NBA in points per game. 24.7 bench points per game. That's that, that, that doesn't Grizzlies. that
0: literally does not surprise me at all. At,
1: and and the thing is, and it, you can even throw, and, and that's where it is, because and it, and some of it is on hardened yes, but the lack of depth is the issue. I mean, you got. I think got it a, is. The bench unit, and that's so clear though.
0: Not having a guy like Board hurts too.
1: Twenty-four, they're almost thirty points, forty points behind the number one team in the NBA in terms of bench units. So that's yeah. that's a big
0: handicap. I believe so, it. I, that's huge. I think that Luke, I think that not having Eric Gordon also hurts because he's such a, a pivotal guy off the bench as well. You so, know, um, y- it's crazy because the starting five is doing what the starting five needs to do. It, it here, I mean, the third quarter alone, the the Raptors are outscoring the Rockets twenty eight seventeen. It's just in the second half, it's something about the Rockets just losing focus. That I just don't understand. And it's just I'm watching them just continually trade basket for basket with, you know, there's been there was a a Macklemore three. Then Gasol went down and hit a three. Austin Nervous hit a three. Kyle Lowry with an and one. I mean, it's just it's so frustrating following this team and just watching them continually do the same thing over and over. You know, they're literally insane in in the in the dictionary definition of doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different Mm -hmm. result. I just don't know how you don't make an adjustment. It's always the case. I'm going to tell you, this might be a hot thing. Mike D'Antoni is ever going to lead the Rockets to a title. They no. have to get and, a and new you, coach. You
1: may, you may be right. And, and see what else I'm seeing on the, the Rockets bench, because I, that, from a distance, not, lo, not, not watching a game. Okay? I have not watched a Rockets game this season. But just looking at the stats alone, I don't blame you, dude. I That's probably see, not a bad no, thing. No, they're, they're a good product. But at the end of the day, buddy, their assist as a bench unit, you know how much they're averaging a game? Just get Assist from two? Yeah. No, they're averaging 3.8 assists as a bench
0: unit. <laughs> that was close. 3.8 was close.
1: assists per game that is last in the NBA. Now they're they number one in the NBA in turnovers. They don't turn the ball over much. And now team defense, which is steals, I mean, they're 29th. Oh, my God. The, yo, the bench unit is the problem. That's the big problem. And there's nothing they can do about it unless they want to, you know, make a trade for an Andre Goudala. But I just don't see – I mean, there's no assets, if you think about it, at the end of the day. No, there aren't. There are, There's no assets on Houston's bench that would make Memphis go, oh, yeah, you know, let's make them stronger.
0: That's kind of why Houston has always included their first-round pick for every year just because ah. they try to get a guy in. No, I just, you know, it's crazy to me because they're just a couple pieces away. You know, the things that they don't do well, they just have not addressed. Defensive rebounding, you know, they give away way too many offensive rebounds. They haven't addressed that. Uh, Tyson Chandler, he's, he's good for his role, but the guy doesn't play that much. We also need need a wing who can score the basketball. Well, Daniel House is doing that, but outside of him, they're really top of not the answer. So we can go on and on. We, but that game against the Spurs, I guess if one thing came out of it, it was that Lonnie Walker may have had his coming out game, 28 points on 10 for 18 field goals, had a big three at the end of a regulation in that game. Um, is this a coming out game for Lonnie Walker, or is it kind of an outlier, or could we just be looking too much into one game right now? I, I would say a little
1: bit of the, the last two you said. I mean, it... Looking a little too deep, yes, Uh, such a Greg Popovich move, right? You know, he pulls somebody off the bench that doesn't play that much, and he actually slaughters Mm -hmm. your team. I mean, in serious, that is so true. That is so true. I mean, you guys come back, or or San Antonio comes back on Houston, right? And you're like, okay, you know, we kind of got them figured out. We just got to get over the hump. And then Lonnie Walker. Who the hell prepares for Lottie Walker? He's he's played in 15 games. He's only averaging 4.2 points per game in seven Marcus minutes Aldrich of game action. Even,
0: I I could be mistaken. I don't even believe Lamarcus Aldridge played that game. He didn't play that game. I, I I I want to think that he didn't. Maybe he did. I didn't. I honestly didn't. No, he played, get to watch the game. Game. Did he? No, no, no no, okay. no, 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 no. I may be wrong. No, I don't think he did. Okay, wow. here's the thing. I think is a, is a player that the Rockets hate-point against because he always tortures us. Um, DeMar DeRozan, let, let's be honest. I sent you a thing last week. Um, when he's on the court, the Spurs have the worst defensive rating. When he is off the court, they have the best. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that advanced statistics tell the tales. I think it's early in the season as well, but when you look at that statistic, that is very concerning, very alarming. I would say it's a team
1: issue, and 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 DeRozan's just getting pointed out pointed out because he's obviously not a real defensive player. So not only is he scoring, the but ball, when you talk about the with when,
0: with him on the court, he, when he's off the when he's on the court, they have the worst rating. When he's off, they have the best. I mean, you think that's more of a team issue than him?
1: Yes and no. I mean,
0: it's tough. How did how did you know, it, it doesn't be clarify a it be a per, who is
1: out there with it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: you're right. You're right. But I mean, because you think it's, you got to think about
1: I, he comes. I think in, that's
0: taking into account. You know, if he has the same four on the court, he they're the worst defensive rated team. When he's on, when he's off the court, they're the best. And you know that that you would also have to talk about who's that other player when they come in. So, but I mean. You you still look at that stat and you you just tell me, Demar Derozan not a good three point shooter. I mean he's shooting under thirty percent and I mean more toward uh, the teens than the thirties. He's um he's literally probably on in the waning days of his prime and he's also you see that he's a defensive liability. Now the Spurs need to trade this man. They need to get what they can. I mean uh, I believe he has a he has an option at the end of this year. If I'm not mistaken, yeah,
1: he's he has an option to get out. Um, I think San Antonio needs to get something for him, right? You can't you can't just let him walk. I mean, it, it just would not make sense, yeah, especially if you're throwing stats out there like his plus minus rating with the the team defense. Yes, and and if we're gonna put it like that. I mean, they're not a good team overall on defense as a whole. They're 28th in the league, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of it, it steals they force. I, if you think about it, it's a team issue. And and DeRozan, yes, he's one of the worst ones on the team. But at the same time, you got it needs to be pointed out that San Antonio just hasn't been as good on defense as they have in the past. And now it's being pointed out as it's DeRozan's issue. We've known DeRozan struggles on def- defense. We've known that. He's never been known for being a defensive guy. He can't shoot threes. We've known that. So why the hell did you trade for him? <laughs> I just want to know.
0: Like what yeah, I- out of all the out of all the packages you had for Kawhi Leonard, why would you not select? Wait, why would you not? Why could Pop not put his pride aside and go get a guy like Brandon Ingram? Because if you have a guy like Brandon Ingram right now. I'd be so much more thrilled about the Spurs than having DeMar DeRozan.
1: Absolutely. And and you think the about the... The Spurs boy, completely
0: would, lost the trade. Bad. They traded their franchise player for a failed product.
1: Yeah, and that's the honest and got truth. So, those little plus-minus ratings, yeah, I kind of follow them. And yeah, I kind of don't. I mean, you just don't know who was on the floor with him during those times. And overall... Shoot, he could be trying to help the team out because overall it doesn't look like the team as a whole is playing good defense. That plus minus
0: number no, could
1: could be anything. I mean, it could be two points, it, it could be plus two or minus two. It could be something so small. So I'm just looking at the stats. You know, I'm not a big stat person, but I, I mean, evidence is evidence. And and
0: they're one You're of
1: right. the worst. They're 28th in the league in steals.
0: Yeah. No, I understand. I think that um I think that there is some truth there is some enlightening truth to that um that statistic. I also think that that doesn't tell the whole tale. I think that there are some uh, situational factors that need to be put into context here. Uh, it's not a you know a lot of statistics are you don't you don't you can't look at them in a black and white sense. You have to look at all the moving parts. Oh, the Spurs man. team overall. About the, and one more,
1: one more thing. Spurs team overall, their plus minus average is a minus four. They're a minus four team overall as a whole. So, I mean, if we're going to talk about DeMar DeRozan, we need to talk about Marcus Aldrich. And we need to talk about everybody else on the roster. I think, yeah. Everybody holds accountability at this point, even the young guys. And
0: the figure goes to everybody. Yeah, for sure. The New Orleans Pelicans talking about uh, the mm. truth is still to be told um, you know the ringer bleacher report slam all reporting in the past 48 hours Zion's return is to exceed the initial six to eight week timeline and I have to think um, the they're Pelicans of plano down. they're going to shut him down did, did I not call it we I call. mean, it, it's it, it yeah, it's not official yet, but we we called this the first week of the regular season before I the season even we, started. Yeah, f- for certain that you know Zion was not going to even play in that six to eight week time period, um, especially with the injury that was given. So um, yeah, I really just don't think he plays this year, and I think that that's good for the Pelicans. I mean, they're six and fifteen. What is the point of even playing him, even if he can come back this season. I mean, I think Pelicans are playing one of those, uh hey, uh let's kind of keep this close to chest. We'll kind of keep playing it off until eventually we'll say, yeah, we're just going to shut him down. I, but it's
1: I, I, think before. You, I think you hope that it works out like Porzingis last season. You know, he was practicing with the team, going through small things. He wasn't getting ready for games or anything, but he was de- definitely getting reps in. So I hope, a, I hope Zion is recovering well. You know, I, I wish nothing bad on this kid at all. But at the same time, there's only so much you can control. I mean, his body that worries me. But I hope they handle it like they handle like Dallas handled Porzingis last season. You know, it was a he was off all season. You know, he was practicing, getting his body right, and then he came back this season. So hopefully they kind of handle it like that. This isn't like an injury. He's gonna be out. It, or if he were to be able to come back, he could come back. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I just hope they handle it the right way, which I mean, so far it sounds like they're handling it. I wish they just squashed it and just be like, he's not coming back.
0: I would, yeah, exactly. I mean, let's like, what's kind of like. And, and, and it's been noted that Zion print.
1: wants to get back on the floor. So oh, I, I need some, I need some clearance in this gray area is he coming back or not you know like
0: I, spoiler i don't think he is
1: but to the average fan you don't like fans care totally honestly
0: if he does i'm not saying like the pelicans are like the villains for keeping him out or they're just kind of like mentally inferior for trying to make it seem like he's not going to i just want them to be honest like stop trying to play this cat and mouse game like um, you know you, i think you owe it to your fans who have season tickets and fans who, you know, are trying to plan their trips to New Orleans to see Zion play, I yeah. think um, I think you need to realize money. exactly. I mean, I just it just doesn't, you know, I understand that everything's a business, money is at the forefront of everything, but uh, I I really think that it's smart for New Orleans to keep him out. So we'll continue to monitor that situation. Meanwhile, I've prepared a player comparison game that you see on Twitter for you. Um, I'm gonna give you two players. I'm gonna read off some of their statistics. Uh, it's gonna be blind. You won't be alert. You won't be um, noted of the player's identity until after you make the yeah, selection. Yeah, I have no
1: idea what's going on here. I just know I'm picking A or B.
0: Right. So um, here's the first one. There's three of them. The first okay. one, Player A, 19.3 points per game on 44-35-74 shooting splits to go along with 6.9 assists. rebounds, and 1.9 steals. That's player A. Okay. Player B, 21.7 points, Mm -hmm. 51, 22, 82 shooting splits, Mm -hmm. 5.5 rebounds, 4.7 assists. Who are you going with? I'm going to go with player B. Okay, so you've selected DeMar DeRozan over Drew Holiday. Well,
1: I mean – that's not a bad choice.
0: It, it's not. It it, it just kind of goes to thinking. I mean, Demar's not terrible statistically. I mean, the only thing that stood out to me was I, I thought that you were gonna get it when I said the uh, the 22% three point shooting. But um I also think that Drew's stats are being kind of hindered because he also has Alonzo in the backcourt with him.
1: Absolutely, and that that's a good point. I mean. I think I still made the better choice. They're both really good players respectively. I mean, I'll take I'll take DeRozan though.
0: I, I would rather probably have Drew Holiday, honestly, just yeah. because uh, I mean you can't go wrong. I, I mean in terms of You can't can I mean days. they're both quality players. I think that Drew Holiday still kind of uh, he, he's he's younger, he's a better two-way guy. I think that Drew Holiday's one of the more underrated players in the league because a lot of yeah, what he is does true. isn't on the stat sheet. All right. But, the second comparison. Oh, God. Player A. Player A is 18.9 points a game, 6.7 uh-huh. rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.8 blocks on 52, 36, 83 shooting splits. I feel like I know who this is. Player B, 15.1 points, 15.1 rebounds, 2 blocks, 65.7% field goal percentage. Go back over player B for me. Fifteen point one points and rebounds per game.
1: Wait, he's got Two. fifteen points and rebounds.
0: Yes. Holy. Two blocks. Okay. Sixty-five point seven percent total field goal percentage.
1: Okay, so I know this is this is annoying, but
0: go through player A so I can just remember. I know, I know Dalton. I know, I
1: know.
0: 18.9 points, 6.7 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.8 blocks, 52-36-83 shooting. Give me player B. So you pick Clint Capella over Lamarcus Aldridge.
1: And that's that's all day.
0: You know, I think so, too. I think, you know, if this is a younger little Marcus Soldiers, it's, it's the other way around. But Clint Capella, completely they, different. Quickcapellas that's just showing he's not having a bad season. I mean, we wanted him to increase his strength and be more assertive on the boards, and he's doing that. He's averaging 15.1 rebounds.
1: 15 rebounds. With, rebounds.
0: Look, look, hold on. They should have an asterisk by it with Russell Westbrook on your squad. That's right. unreal. That that's crazy to think of like i absolutely like i love that yeah and and it's a complete i'm completely shocked to be honest with you. oh it's crazy this next one is kind of more i think it's the most interesting one oh god i think stats kind of do it a little bit of a disjustice though oh no player i feel A's like 50, i'm gonna
1: pick the wrong one
0: player ace 15.7 points 4.8 rebounds 46 39 83 shooting p- splits and 1.1 blocks. Player B, 16.7 points or 16.6 points, 9.1 rebounds, 39 39 70 shooting splits and 1.7 blocks. Okay, so the obvious one is player B, right? Yeah, that's Christophs for over Jaron Jackson Jr. And, then and that's I'd, probably sadly,
1: the I'd ha- sadly I'd have to agree. It, I mean, it, it, that's, right, that's probably the right
0: decision. Porzingis, Porzingis is probably the guy. I, you know, I don't want to rush Jaron Jackson's, um, his development, but I honestly thought he would be scoring about twenty a game this year.
1: Yeah, and, I'm going to be honest. He, and I, I thought might, I, thought he I would might be with you. You know, I agree, especially with the team he's playing with. Now there are some issues, yes, you know, in terms of him getting the ball in the post, getting to spots he needs to score at, but, but. I see where he can go, and that's all I really need to see right now because the team is just so, so in shambles. (laughs) It's so in shambles, Dalton. Watching them play Chicago last night, I was not trying to, you know, I wasn't judging anything last night. So, I mean, it's a night-in-night-out basis, but I agree. Porzingis is definitely the guy out of those two.
0: Right. So, I mean, that's essentially all we've got for this episode. Uh, I'm really kind of looking forward to, you know, next episode we'll talk about a some Christmas day matchups and we'll kind of go more into some, uh, we'll talk about, you know, who who are some guys that we'd be looking at for draft positions and stuff like that. So Brendan, do us a favor, plug us into your social media, my man.
1: You can follow me Al, on Twitter at bsmart21 and you can follow all of my articles um, for SB Nation, Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can follow me at defense underscore on Twitter. As always, this is an off the glass basketball sponsor podcast. Follow the podcast's Twitter page at wxswotg. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. There's also an opportunity on Anchor, but to become an established audience member, if you're feeling great, gracious this holiday season, you can even donate to the podcast if you find the the content uh, satisfactory. So until next time.